Yep. All right. All right. Welcome to the show. I'm Aaron Action. I'm Chuck Snassy. And I'm Johnny Scalls. Today, we have a very special guest, national recording artist from the Glam Slam Boogie Woogie Rock and Roll Band from Omaha, Nebraska, and Chicago, Illinois, Midnight Devils. Here, here to promote their new album, Never Beg For It. Please welcome Sam Spade Morris. What's up, everybody? How are you? I, lo I love the shirts so far. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Man. It looks incredible. Yep. Yeah, we got it the yeah. night of the show um, when you were here in Columbus. Wasn't that the, that was the first night of the tour, wasn't it? Columbus, Ohio? First night of the, yeah, first night of the tour. What a wild ride. Yeah, yeah. it was pretty awesome. Um, so where can we pick up the new album at? We got it, album. but... It, it's it's available everywhere, uh, anywhere, the streaming services, uh, Apple, Amazon, anything like that. Uh, we're a very uh, social media friendly band, so you can go uh, Midnight Devils, themidnightdevils.com, and we ship all of our CDs from me to you. So go to themidnightdevils.com. You can order the CD there. We'll sign it, ship it from my house to yours. Awesome. Sounds good. Nice. Um, yeah. Where did the name Midnight Devils come from? We were, uh, Sniper and I were in a band of, uh, probably, I want to say five or six years ago. It was a hair metal band, like a hair metal tribute band. And this hair metal tribute band, I started with it when I was like 20, like brilliant. I'm like, I'm 20 years old. I'm in this hair metal band. There's chicks everywhere. We're partying our asses off. We love this. And we decided that we were going to write, start writing originals and doing original music as, as well as the covers. And we put out an album called just simply Midnight Devils. And I was like, okay. That's, that's it's a good idea. And the, the idea kind of came that it's, it's that feeling you get on a Friday night, say, just as the sun's about to go down and you're in a car full of your buddies and you're thinking, man, I know what we're getting into. I know that no matter what happens tonight, good or bad, there's going to be some wild story that we're going to be talking about Saturday morning. That's what the Midnight Devils came from. Nice. That's we awesome. Simply, we simply added the in front of it, like the Rolling Stones, just because mm -hmm. we thought it'd be cool. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. Um, now, would that band happen to be 3D in your face? That's the band, yep. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I, I was in that band for, man, you know, almost almost 10 years of my life I spent in that band. And I loved it. And I learned so much being in that band. It just kind of reached a plateau at a point where it wasn't moving forward. Yeah, um... I, I discovered that band a few years ago. Do you ever been on the website Heavy Harmonies? Uh, yeah, I have. That's um, I would go through there, and that's how I discovered a lot of bands. And 3D in Your Face is one that I discovered. So yeah, I, so it's funny I didn't know that till recently that you were in them. It's kind of it's kind of weird that you know years later, you know, come back around and with this new band. That's pretty awesome though. Yeah, that, that band was great, and we, we it really what it did is it proved our chops, and we learned so much of what to do and what not to do as a rock band. That that I don't I don't look at that time in any negative light. We had so much fun doing it. It just kind of plateaued, and and we needed to scratch that creative itch and kind of expand. And we wanted to see the world, and we weren't doing it with that band. Yeah. So what what happened with the um, the junkyard tour? The Junkyard Tour, what, I'm so sad that we didn't take that tour, take first, that tour of first of all. First of all, I'm happy you brought it up. I love the guys in Junkyard. I think their single, Lifer, is one of the, the best songs that I've heard. 
uh, and we got the opportunity to do it, but we had to go to LA to play. Like we had, we did a show at the whiskey with the bullet boys or what was supposed to be the bullet boys, the reunion. And we, we, so we turned down that junkyard tour and I'm just still kicking myself that we turned that tour down. Cause I, um, that's how I discovered you guys because you were supposed to play Ohio. I think it was last September. Yep. And, um, and when I go see a band, I, um, if there's like an opening band, you know, torn band, like I want to check that band out. And that's yep. how I discovered you guys. And then end up, I think it even got canceled though. So I don't think it even went on. Like, they did, they did a, like a 10 shows or something like that. And we caught the, the very first night in Chicago and the, the band is just so cool. So great. I talked to David all the time and we ran into them in LA actually the last time we were out there with, with the choir boys and I actually got to tell the guys, man, I love these songs, but we, I was sitting at the whiskey and I was talking to David and he's, you know, just Roach is like the coolest dude ever. And to be able to just t text back and forth with the guy from Junkyard, he's like, go out there, shove it down their throats, make them sad they ever had the Midnight Devils open for them. And I was just like, this is the coolest thing ever. It's a great band, a great rock and roll band. Yeah. The yeah, that was supposed to be done. Yeah, that was, I was pretty upset when that didn't happen, you know, but finally got to see you guys a year later, but that's cool. Um, so what's a scene like in Omaha? Omaha is different. Uh, there's a lot of great bands that came out that are coming out of Omaha, but it's, you know how like in cities they go in an ebb and flow. It seems like Omaha's kind of been at like this, uh, this, this rebound period since COVID, uh, much like a lot of cities, like a lot of venues shut down, a lot of bands stopped playing. So to us, we don't even play in Omaha very often. Like we'll play in smaller cities in Nebraska, say Lincoln or, or uh, we were doing a festival in a couple of weeks in this tiny town. that's going to bring a thousand people out, you know, to celebrate original live rock and roll music where we don't necessarily see that love in Omaha. So I'm not talking down on Omaha, but it's just for us, it's about getting out. Yeah. Oh, Columbus yeah. is kind of like that too, though. Like the bit, there's not a big scene here. Yeah, it's it's all it, the, since COVID, the rules have kind of everything's changed. Yeah. yeah. So I, um, you guys do Van Halen Panama live. Um, yeah. I know I noticed your stage presence is some David Lee Roth and Paul Stanley. So who is your influences? It's both. It's complete, uh, and I tell everybody this: it's a complete ripoff of Paul Stanley. Same with David Lee Roth. Like I think those guys are the greatest frontmen in rock and roll to come out and really uh, push the limits and the boundaries of being kind of that, that ringleader, that, that guy that uh, you're, you're essentially the host of the party, and it's your job to make sure that the party is a smashing success. Now, what are you going to do to get these people to go crazy? What's it going to take? You do that well. Yeah, you got that down. Like, when you guys came on, man, that was tracks telling what um, – because when I first saw you, before you even picked up an instrument, you even had your back to us at first when you're walking on stage because you're yeah. talking to uh, the drummer. I saw your crazy hair. I was like, oh, my God, this is now a show. Yeah. I, like, I haven't seen that since probably 1987. <laughs> yeah, one of his favorite bands is, is Pretty Boy Floyd. So, you know, that's yeah. the main reason we were there, you know, which I mean, I knew you guys too, but I wasn't expecting the show like that. But I did tell – I did tell him, I'm like, I, I expected a, a big show from you guys, but I didn't know what it was going to be like. And you impressed. Like, it you were amazing, man. Thank you. The funny like, thing going in, into that 
is that leading up, it was the first show of the tour, right? First show, and we hadn't done it. We hadn't played and played in maybe a month. So, oh, so we drive all the way there. Hold on, real fast. Yeah. So we drive. We drive all the way there uh, to you know to Ohio, and we get there. We do sound check. Nobody's eaten yet. We haven't eaten. We sit down and we're, we got a minute to breathe. And Steve Summers hits me up. He's like, I need a ride from the airport. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, here we go. <laughs> so I have to coordinate because uh, they're riding with us on the tour, you know. So essentially yeah. kind of our responsibility. So I have to coordinate. I drive to the airport with one of the, the local guys to pick them up. And their plane's like late, right? So it's, we're running behind. And we get all their bags and everything. I get the first car sent out with the first load of Pretty Boy Floyd stuff. Second car is on its way back, and I look at the time, and it's like the opening act's going on, and I'm still at the airport with no makeup on. I haven't eaten. I'm stressing out, and they finally come pick me up. They bring me to, back to the venue, and as we pull up to the venue, the opening band, F-Bomb, is they're done. They're moving their stuff off the stage, and the guys are like, all right, you got 10 minutes to get your makeup on. Oh, and, man. Uh, up on stage. And you and got look out in the crowd. There's 400 people there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was I was sicker than a dog. I was just so sick because I hadn't eaten it. You know, we were just so running around, stressed out like crazy. And they're like, all right, focus now. Pull it together. Get out there. Get do, out your there job. do your job. As soon as we walk on stage, done. I had, I didn't feel anything. Yeah, perfect. I was going to say, we didn't notice you were sick. Yeah. You, yeah, you put on hell of a show. Yeah, you're like full of energy. You were not standing still at all. <laughs> and it was like awesome. You jumped out in the crowd and did a song. That was amazing. I actually videoed that. Thank you. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's that's a complete, a kind of a Paul Stanley ripoff. You know how he flies through the crowd. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a punk rock version of, of Paul Stanley. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your favorite awesome. Kiss record? Uh, it's difficult to say. And if we're going to bring this up, we can, I can talk Kiss with you all night. Like my, the first one I got was Psycho Circus. So that was my first introduction. So I know that's like a, a fans kind of frown upon that record, but I mm -hmm. love it. So I, it was kind of the, my introduction to Kiss and that whole world was Psycho Circus. And then I had to go back in. Uh, my favorites are like Hotter Than Hell, Rock and Roll Over, uh, Creatures of the Night. Some of the strong, real strong, just house rock records that they put out. They were, yeah, have you seen them live? Uh, seven or eight times, yeah. Oh, right on, right on. Yep. Yeah, we got another guy who, who does a podcast with us. Um, he's at work right now, but Kiss is his favorite band. Um, we're, we're actually going to do a top five Kiss song um, show after this. Would you like to stick around? I would love to. Yeah, and you can talk yeah. Kiss all you want for the, you know, yeah. um, I mean, yeah. this, epi this episode here is all about you. Um, I think the other guys have some questions, so yeah, Trish, go ahead. All right. Well, you just finished the tour with Enough's Enough and Pretty Boy Floyd, so I had some questions about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you kind of mentioned a little bit about the traveling accommodations where you were driving with Pretty Boy Floyd. What was that like from show to show? It was, we'd already done a tour with them in September of last year. We went through Texas with them. It was kind of a different lineup. They had Eric Griffin from the Murder Dolls with them. And we did a week and it was a, a great week that we had with them. I thought it ended too soon and we were really bummed. But this one going in, like I said, started in columbus like i get the first call from steve summers like i need a ride from the airport i'm like oh lord here we go 20 days <laughs> and i have the most respect for steve and what he's done and the, the uh, i love pretty boy floyd i think leather boys 
such a great glam rock and roll record. Just the amazing the sheer simplicity of it, the brilliance of the lyrics, the way the guitars sound. I think everything all together is it's a great record. So I I I, I just respect those guys. But becoming friends with Steve Summers was like the blessing uh, in disguise, oh, and being able to that'd hang be out awesome. With yeah, like learning from it. it's like being around Chip. You just kind of like around Chip. I just kind of shut up and and listen to the wisdom that he delivers. So same with Steve. I just I kind of took in everything that he was telling me as like wisdom. You know, like this guy's been around and done everything. And the other guys in his band are closer to to the same similar age than me. So we we really got along great. Where we would go out and party and and tear it up and do whatever we wanted to do and, you know, hang out after the shows at the hotels where Steve was kind of secluded, but I kind of knew going in, he would be like that, but hanging out just, man, the, the wisdom, the stuff he had. And he even told me, I go, yeah, we were with the choir boys. And, uh, the guy Griffin was managed by Larry Mazur, who was a kiss manager. And he goes, Oh, I got stories for you. I was managed by Bill LaCoin for a little while. And I'm like, all right, here we go. Give me this information. I need to know it. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. So how well did the tickets sell overall on this tour? It was uh, it was pretty good. Like, I, I thought that every show, I can't, I, we look back and we're like, okay, was there any duds? And we had very few dud shows from my perspective as, as you know, the singer of the Midnight Devils. I didn't think any show was one, uh, was a bad one. Some were, were well attended, some weren't as well attended, but you kind of go into that, you go into a tour expecting that. Yeah. But I think, I think that the energy and the excitement of the whole tour package itself, itself was, was so good that it will continue. And there'll be a third and fourth leg. Like I think people wanted to come out and see this and it didn't hit enough cities. And that there's, there's these fans all over the country that really want to see this package tour together. Yeah, I can't yeah, believe you with that. When that tour was that short. That's crazy. Yeah. We do. So, it, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. We like the second leg starts in October. So we'll meet back up with those guys and do Florida or do Texas and Florida with those guys again with enough set up and pretty boy Floyd. But I think it, it, I hope it goes on into 2023. Awesome. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. I hope they come back. You guys yeah. come back with them. Yeah. I ain't never seen you, so I'd like to see your band. Well, yeah, and, and that was, I will tell you this, Columbus, Ohio was the best show of the tour. Awesome. That's what I was about to ask you. What was your favorite city on the tour? It was the best one. Hands it's out. funny. You mentioned um, playing here before at Bossy Girls. Yeah. It's funny because, I mean, I missed that one. Um, but, I mean, I've been there. Uh, you ever heard of the band called Erotics? Or yeah, Prophet, of course. Prophets of Addiction? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen both of them there. So, like, they, they get some good shows every now and then. It's a pretty small place, though, but... It's, it's a cool place, and I thought... Yeah. Was, we played, like, a Tuesday night open jam, and we were scrambling for a gig. Was, we did a lot of, uh, like, headlining punk rock tours on our first one where we kind of just... We were throwing go, trying to call places, be like, hey, we need we have a day off, we need a show. And Bossy Girls was like, yeah, come out and play. And they, awesome. they had a comedian. There was, like, the comedians opened up the show, and then we played after... And there was probably 10 people there. But the 10 people there, we had an absolute blast and tore that place up. Yeah, I'm sure you got it. Hold on. I'm sure you got a new a lot of new fans, you know, on this tour because you guys, you guys, I mean, we love Pretty Boy Floyd, you know, and you know, but you guys were, you know, highlighted the show, man, because it was 
something different, you know, because those bands have been around so long and, you know, we kind of know them, but a lot of people didn't know you guys and to see you, man, it was just so entertaining. So I'm sure you've got a lot of new fans. Yeah, Trash, I did, I, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. The track was noticed, incredible. I noticed that you brought the energy too. Like you brought the crowd forward. They were all in the back. You're like, come closer, come closer. And everybody listened. And you just yep. packed the place. Like you my, had the energy. And the my only issue, my only issue was um, since the lineup kind of changed that night, that enough's enough following you guys kind of didn't work for us. Right. Because the energy, I mean, nothing gets enough's enough because your your energy and Pretty Boy Floyd would have fit better after you guys. You know what I mean? Because it kind of, because yep. enough's enough's more melodic, you know, and then Pretty Boy Floyd's got energies so are kind of, the way this, um, the lineup was that night was kind of all flips. Yeah, I don't know why yeah. that switched like that. Like, I mean, nothing against enough enough. We like enough enough. It's just that, you know, it's just that they're kind of different style and, you know, and just they should have been on last, you know, they just because we had so much energy and it kind of mellowed out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. I saw it. I watched it all go down. I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> and then and by the time but Floyd was up, uh, like half the crowd had already left. Yeah, I know. That sucks, you know. But, Trex, I mean to cut you off. Go ahead. And you, you have any more questions, Trex? Two more questions, but it's about your your first single off your new album, Never Beg yeah. For It. It's Loverboy Lover Cover, Boy Working Cover. For The Weekend. Were you a Loverboy fan? I always was. I remember my dad had a, a oh, he had this old, uh, it was like a 65 Chevy Nova 2 or something like that. It would drive us to school all the time. We'd always have classic rock radio just cranking in, in this thing and i remember uh as a kid my dad singing that song or not singing it but you know we'd have it on and yeah. everybody's working for the weekend i just remember it vividly uh you're colder than hell in nebraska driving in this this nova 2 with no air conditioning my dad's like scraping the inside of the the uh windshield mm-hmm. everybody's working for and I, I it worked out perfectly like i well, i love lover boy i met the guys once and I, oh, I think awesome. uh, their songs are great. Their hooks are huge. It's a great rock and roll band. Canadian. See, they are. I'm I'm a big Loverboy fan too. A lot of people who's more into the heavier stuff, you know, all Loverboy. They were pop, but then they were a good rock and roll band. Yeah. Okay. But that song actually kind of fits with their name too. You know, the way you um, explained how you came up with the name, so that song kind of works with that. You yeah. know, and we we had the story on that song is that we had done. So we finished the Choir Boys tour and then COVID hit. And then we, we go, okay, well, let's write a new record. We did all the songs in Nebraska. We demoed them all out, sent them to Chicago. We got to Chip's house in Blue Island and we played him the demos. He's like, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, okay, we'll fix this, change this, done. And then we're sitting there. He's smoking this joint. He goes, all right, the record label wants a cover. I think your first single should be a cover. So you guys come in tomorrow. And uh, make sure you have a cover. We'll record it, and it'll be the first single. I'm, like, thinking, we got to pull out a song that we've never played before and lay it down on this new record that everybody's going to listen to. It's going to be there forever, for the rest of eternity. Mm-hmm. We're driving around. We're going, what are we going to play? I, I thought, like, The Outfield, uh, Your Love would be a cool song. That's good. You know, to kind of glam up yeah. this real dirty mm-hmm. song. And we're driving around in Chicago, and, working for the weekend comes on the radio and we just look at each other. We're like, that's it. That's the one. Mm-hmm. And was like, there was no big uh, discussion or anything. It was just, that's it. That's awesome. So I have one more question about the video. 
Yeah. Was the video concept yours, your your band, or was it the director's? Or it was it was ours. It was ours. We had this idea. I, I enlisted like a, an artist to draw. I thought it'd be really funny just to do the Chris Farley, uh, the Chris Farley character, but as a pink devil, right? Yeah. And we had that idea before we thought about working for the weekend. I had all this stuff already done, like uh, the t-shirts and the pictures and everything. It was cool. Uh, then working for the weekend came about. I was like, okay, this is brilliant. But I had my my cousin is actually uh, the pink bastard is what the, he's, he's becoming our mascot now, mm -hmm. but he's like the real life character of the midnight devil. And he had come in and done like he made an appearance at one of our shows and the people just went absolutely crazy. Right. He's from, he's from Nebraska. So he only gets to do kind of the local stuff from here, but the people went nuts. So it's this huge guy, my cousin, he's a cosplayer. He's great. He paints himself pink. And so I thought, well, what we need to showcase this because nobody's doing anything like this. It's not serious. Yeah. Like it's funny and it's it's entertaining and it's it's brilliantly rock and roll and creative and like nobody would have the balls to put this guy in a video. <laughs> but you know what? I watched that do? video ten times. We thought it, we thought it was great, and so we kind of wrote the concept of recreating that dance scene from the SNL skit. Right? Oh yeah. So we went into the videos thinking that's the direction that this video is going to go. And then once, once everybody got on set, we started rolling film, the concept kind of changed and it morphed into what the video became. And that was part of the director, the director's vision. So I had the idea of the, the Patrick Swayze, Chris Farley thing. And then the director kind of took it and made it into something uh, even bigger and better and funnier. Because awesome. I watched that video ten times in a row, I just love that video. Yeah, it's it's funny, and and that's the thing that we we talked about is that hey, we're a band, we're a rock band, but we don't take this so seriously that it's not fun anymore. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be uh, funny, and, and there's well, a see, sense of humor. We like to have a good time. So does everybody yeah, else. Yeah, it was it's great. Especially that genre, you know. What I mean, we grew up on that. It was fun. Yeah. Rock and roll was fun back then, and you know, yep. it wasn't serious. You know, John, you got you got any questions? Yeah, I got a few questions. I've I've, I've never listened to you until a few days ago, and you, know, you guys are really good. Sounded Thank good. You. Um, and I was wanting to, um, the fans are wanting to know how did the name of your album "Never Beg for" come about? Awesome, I, awesome question. Very, very good question. So we, we went in with, I had another name for the, that's always how it happens. You have this kind of working title in, in your head. And I'm like, man, I'm not real thrilled with this working title. So we're sitting, there's another one of those nights, we're sitting at Chip's house, just talking. Uh, uh, he's, he's smoking tons of weed. And I'm telling him about this chick that I've been talking to. And he goes, bro, I've been doing this a long time. And there's one piece of advice I got to give you. Chicks come and go. It doesn't matter. But the thing you got to realize is that you never beg for it. You're the lead singer of the Midnight Devils. You never <laughs> beg for it. And I go, that's, awesome. that's the title. That's the title of the album right there. And I told the guys, and they're like, done. Easy. So, uh, so great story. It's awesome. So like in my, mind, awesome. I, in my mind, I know exactly who the, what the title is about and who it's about, but it can apply to anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So how did you and Chip Zinoff, um meeting water why did chip want to produce y'all's um, new album uh, never beg for it 
Yeah, we met, uh, we met because of Jimmy Mess. Jimmy Mess and Chip actually lived together. If you can even imagine that scene, first of all, I can't, I guess they lived together for a couple of years, so they knew each other. And we had started to do a bunch of shows, a bunch of touring with Enough's Enough, and we became best friends with all the guys in the band. And I was like, this is, it, it's, it works so well. Our bands get along so well. And then we were like, we got to do this new record. Jimmy's like, let's get Chip to produce it. And then Chip comes in. He's like, I'm producing your new record, bro. Let's do this. We're going to make a killer rock and roll record. We're doing this. going to be fantastic. So we got in with Chip. Chip has been kind of instrumental in hooking us up with Chuck, who is like our manager, our booking agent at Artists Worldwide. Now they're out of L.A. They kind of put the tours together and everything like that. Chuck got us signed to Pavement Entertainment. So that it's like this big circle of guys that are kind of in our corner fighting for us. And, and Chip is really the catalyst. And he's the guy that kind of sparked it all. And has really kind of, he's, he's the one, that, the, the one champion that's been in our corner since, since the beginning and really taken us under our wing. And I've learned so much from him. And it's one of those things where I just sit there and I, I listen to the wisdom that he gives out. And the one story I have, the brilliant story that I have about this tour is that we would go out like, uh, so on our days off, we get these texts from like Chip and the boys would be like, come to, come to the Red Robin, we're all having dinner. So the, the tour party would go to Red Robin, have dinner. And then we'd, uh, we'd all pile in Chip's rent-a-van afterwards. And, mm -hmm. and it just, he'd smoke joint after joint. They called it the three joint after dinner party, right? <laughs> every night, and it was every night. He'd light one up and he'd pass it around and then he'd like light another one while that one was still going. And we'd have just the best discussions ever, laughing our asses off. Everybody's just like, he's like, nobody gets out of the van. Nobody roll their windows down. I'm just like, <laughs> we're just dying, just dying in the back. And I loved every minute of it. And it was like clockwork. It happened every every night That's we cool. had off. It's awesome. That's, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people probably want to know. Um, Highway 69, well, the name pretty much says it all, but why did you decide to write a song like that? That song came about... Uh, it's kind of almost a tribute to uh, to Sniper. Sniper always has uh, he he'll write sixty nine on his his hands, right? Mm -hmm. And so I just thought it was really cool, a really cool thing, and a double like as a as a play on words, a double entendre. It's, it's saying something without a, not really saying the words, you know. And I think that's how a lot of bands, especially like ACDC and Kiss and Van Halen, would write these songs, but they wouldn't go overtly say what they were about but you knew what these songs were about right so we we were in somewhere in oklahoma i believe maybe it was going from texas to texas to oklahoma and there's actually a highway 69 and i go boom that's a great idea for a song and i just kept it in the back of my mind until we started writing and i go that's it that's the one yeah speaking of sniper um, oh, here we go <laughs> when we did the show um the host, Aaron Action, he resembles him a lot because he's like, man, I'm looking in the mirror. Now I know what I look like with blonde hair. Ah. <laughs> but when, what's funny was when you gave him the card, it said um, Sam Morris. And yeah. for some reason, I was thinking, look, we've got the same last name because my last name is Morris also. Oh, awesome. I'm like, man, not only do we look alike, we've got the same Brothers. last name. <laughs> <We're> brothers. Yeah, <laughs> that was funny. John, do you, do you have anything else? Yeah, I got a couple more. Um, sound of Domination. Love the song. It, ha it has a nice, heavy sound to it. 
What was the concept of the song and what inspired you to write it? That song was one that I had I'd struggled with really hard because that was one when we write songs, generally I'll come up with like some lyrics and like a, a, a basic chord structure that Sniper will turn into something very, very cool. With that song, he goes, hey, I have this riff. So I recorded it on my phone and I sat here on this couch right here just going, man, the riff is too complicated for me to write lyrics to. I don't know what to do. And so I kind of, I came up with that idea, Sound of Domination. All I, all I had was that idea, Sound of Domination. And I had kind of the hook and it was a very crash diet. diet. That's kind of where the inspiration came from. It was a crash diet hook. I love crash diet. Domination. Perfect. Okay. And then I just kind of structured lyrics around uh, the idea of domination or being dominated or that, uh, you know, BDSM kind of idea without getting real deep into it. That's awesome. And it is, it's, it's, a, it's a great song. I love that song. Yeah, I love, it's one of my favorite songs on the album. Yeah, yeah. thank you. And I, I just talked to somebody and they're like, well, what are you guys going to do for, an, for another video? Because we're going to be releasing a, a video for Highway 69. Right, uh, right now, Paul the guitar player of the choir boys is finishing up a video, like a live video that he did for uh, highway 69 that we took over the whole choir boys tour. So it's like all these clips we're putting together and it'll coincide with the release of uh, the highway 69 uh, single and vinyl. So we're with this, all this stuff that we're working on, like we're doing an etched vinyl for highway 69. And then somebody's like, well, what, what's the next video? And I go as well. It's probably going to be Sound of Domination, I guess. And I think we should probably have Chip do a cameo in it. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and this is something probably that the fans would like to also know uh, along with us. Uh, so when you put on the makeup on, on how does your stage persona differ from off stage? It's uh, it's it's a cool process, and I, I didn't know it, being Kiss fans, it, like it's kind of it's it's been said before. But it's like, as soon as you start the, the, the camaraderie that we have, and like, this is like kiss on, a, kiss on a budget, I guess you could say, because it's like, you're getting dressed, you don't always have a dressing room. Sometimes we're getting dressed in the parking lot using the, the mirrors on the van to, uh, to, you know, put our makeup on. New Jersey, there's no, there's no green room. So we're sitting on the street in New Jersey, you know, looks like a bunch of, uh, drag queens putting their makeup on outside of <laughs> but the camaraderie that we have is really what i love and the, so the three of us will sit there and we'll just tell joke after joke listen to music and and get ready and that's really the moment you have like about an hour to get focused and get your mind ready to take that stage and it's as soon as the makeup starts going on i stop being i stop thinking about oh i'm tired oh i got bills to pay oh i'm hungry like all that stuff disappears. So you start putting the makeup on and you become like, it's like a shot of adrenaline, the closest thing to, to doing drugs you can possibly do, right? And it's like, the, you put the last piece on, like you're putting on the glitter brassiere and you're like, I'm ready to go. I'm gonna tear <laughs> this place up right now. No matter how tired you are, no matter how many miles you've done, as, as soon as that stuff comes, is complete, like it's go time. And then we're taking no prisoners. I love you. you guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, you got any any further questions? Uh, no, I am done. Um, I, um, you'll you stick around for next episode? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, we'll close this out. Um, if these guys come to your town, make sure you go see them. High energy rock and roll, highly entertaining, 
all around good dudes. Stop by their merch table, say hi, buy a shirt. Don't forget to pick up the new album, Never Beg For It. Any final words? Like, um, where can we find you on social media if you want to put that out there again? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like I said, we're a very social media friendly band. So drop us a message. I'll respond. I respond to everything, uh, a comment, anything like that. TheMidnightDevils.com, super easy to find. And you can order the CDs. Uh, the vinyl will be coming out. But anything that, that you buy, anything that anybody buys for us goes directly back into the band to support the touring. So it's like, it's not like we're out here making tons of money. We do this because we love it. And I can see, uh, you know, the progress. So it's like, really like we do this because people buy our records and they keep, keep the circle going. So the midnightdevils.com, we're on every uh, streaming platform there is, uh, Amazon, uh, Apple, anything like that. Very easy to find us. Cool. All right, cool. All right. Thanks, Sam Spade, for talking to with us. Thank it's you so much. Been a it's my pleasure. pleasure, really. Yeah. Cool. All right. Really five, awesome. five and out. All right. Like I said, we're going to have the Brazil. In about 15 minutes, we're going to be sitting there right over there. Anything you buy tonight goes directly in the gas tank of our van to get us to Detroit, Michigan tomorrow. Yeah.